Hi, and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. We are going through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning and talking about it. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Becca Canote. Hey, everybody. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Hi. <laughs> That's good. In this week's session, we're going to be talking about the episode Angel. It's a very, very important episode, so uh, we should probably get started. Let's head into the library. Man, this is there's a lot going on in this episode. We get a lot of backstory, but first we want to get some backstory on our guest this week, Becca. Oh, I did not prepare this <laughs> part of my day. Um, hi everybody, I'm Becca. You might know me from Geek and Sundry Vlogs Geeking Out. I was the gay one. Uh, you might also know me from Twitter, where I go by my name, and Tumblr, where I go by my name. I'm uh, pretty much just my name on the internet. I'm a longtime Scooby. I remember watching the tail end of Buffy when it was definitely on TV and being really scared of the intro music. It was frightening to me as a child. The intro? Yeah. Oh man. So it like Buffy. I mean, Buffy premiered when I was a kid, and I remember seeing first season episodes on TV at my babysitter's house because she had two daughters. The older one was a huge fan of the show and would come on after school, right? So mm-hmm. she'd be watching it. And the music would start, and I was maybe like, I was only like six or seven. I was, no, whatever season, yeah, season one was 96? 97. 97. So I was seven, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was seven, and it was right at that phase when you're just kind of figuring out the division between reality and fantasy and being able to really cement that in your head. And I was a very fear based child, but also recklessly stupid. Like, I was afraid to leave the town in Ocarina of Time, the first forest village, to go to the Deku tree. That was scary for me. <laughs> and like the music would start and it was that I was like, oh no, nope. So but you got at the same oh, time I would so try and watch X Files like behind the couch from my parents, you know. I was the exact I was opposite. Like the X Files credits would come on and I would be like, Nope, bye, peace, and like run up the stairs. But then like Buffy, I was fine. I know, but I liked the show. So yeah. it was that moment of like, okay, Becca, if you're gonna be cool, if you're gonna be really cool seven year old. You have to get through this. And then eventually I was just like jamming out to it. It took a while. But yeah, X-Files never freaked me out. Buffy, terrifying. I had the experience with Three's Company. Where it's, <laughs> come on, knock come on. I was door. obsessed with Three's Company. I remember when uh, uh, Jason Ritter died. Not Jason Ritter, John Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. <laughs> Jason Ritter is alive and on uh, Gravity Falls. the recording of this podcast, oh, Jason well, Ritter is alive, alive and, well. and well. I remember and we when John Ritter died. I was at my friend's house. Um, this is in like the fifth grade. Um, and we were eating dinner and I started crying. And she's like, oh, What's wrong? And I was like, Jason Ritter. <laughs> John Ritter. Talk. Fine folks of the Sunnydale study group, Jason Ritter is alive and well, so far <laughs> as so we know. We have such a weird record of, of if any declaring people him, alive and and, and Holland is not your first <laughs> yeah. Because I'm trying to think, like, don't say Jason Ritter. Don't say Jason Ritter. <laughs> now, in terms of delivering bad news, uh, we have some good news <laughs> on the flip side of that, which is if you, for any reason, procrastinated this week's episode, things got in your way, don't worry about it because we have a cram session where Becca is actually going to catch you up on everything that happened in this episode. So, Becca, what happened in the episode Angel? Well, the episode Angel opens with the Master and Darla and that frackin' annoying anointed one kid having a conversation down in the Master's lair, yada yada yada, OMG, Buffy is the worst, we have to stop her, and we're gonna stop her by sending these three total badasses to kill her. They're called the three. Very creative, I know. We then cut! 
to the pre-fumigation party at the Bronze. This is an annual event we learn. Everyone's mopey. Willow says, hey, Buffy, you should totally go find Angel and make out with his face. Yeah? And thanks, Willow, because that's the catalyst for the whole rest of this episode. Uh, we get some Angel Buffy stuff. Buffy's like, no, I shouldn't do that. She leaves the bronze, gets attacked by the three, because, of course, what is a Buffy episode with the vampires? Tries to fight them off. Angel shows up, knight in shining armor. They fight them off. He gets hurt. Buffy has to help him, takes him back to her house. He takes his shirt off. She's all <laughs> about stuff. Does a terrible job of lying to her mom. He stays the night, but not like that. Sleeps on the floor. Then the next day, he just mopes around her house for an entire day. Little unclear there. <laughs> Doesn't read her diary. Buffy thinks he does. There's some more moping. There's some more Darla. Buffy and Angel make out. It's really like, oh, all these teenage feelings. But guess what, guys? Angel is a vampire. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Buffy freaks out, Angel flees, Giles tries to look him up. We find out that Angel was a really bad dude, but he's actually not a bad dude, but it's all a big misunderstanding. And then there's some more stuff with Darla, and Darla's really the bad dude here. And Buffy's like, oh, how could I ever be so betrayed? And then Darla gets herself into Buffy's house because Joyce is up too late dealing with the IRS and doesn't realize that teen girls probably don't want to come study with your daughter when your daughter isn't home and it's like a Friday night. Just saying, Joyce. That was a really bad decision. Darla attacks Joyce. Angel shows up. Doesn't attack Joyce. He resists. Buffy shows up. Another giant misunderstanding. Everything is terrible. They go to fight him. They end up at the bronze. Darla has guns out of nowhere. What? Where do you get guns? Also, why are there no alarms on the bronze? Everything is terrible. Buffy wants to kill Angel. Angel doesn't want to die, but he's also kind of a piss baby at this point. Darla tries to kill everybody. The rest of the Scoobies show up. It's a pretty bad fight scene as Buffy fight scenes go. In the end, Darla dies. Angel and Buffy reconcile. There's another weird kiss at the post-fumigation party at the bronze. And Buffy's cross necklace burns a giant searing welt into Angel's chest. But he never flinches because of love. How's your audiobook career going? I imagine very well, because that was incredible. <laughs> uh, I haven't had any offers for audiobooks yet, but any any aspiring audiobook agents well, out there? They will start let me know. rolling in. God, that all those people stirring. Come, yeah, Missoula, who are just like, one day I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to represent audiobook actors. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be awesome. Hey, DBA <laughs> Records, I know you're in Missoula. Let's mm. chat. Ooh, you hear that, Missoula? Wait, they, don't, they don't do audiobooks. It's the, in Montana. Yeah, it's yeah. town. Missoula, oh. Montana. Missoula, Montana, home of the University of Montana. Oh. Shout out to Missoula. Yeah, I was there during Missoula, the Depression. Montana. I mean, I was depressed there. Uh, so <laughs> this episode is all about Angel. All yeah. about Angel. Angel, oh. Angel, Angel. Seriously, does the guy shut up? But like, he does is, a lot. This is he the does. best. Kind of quiet. Pretty Guys, to be honest, this is the best that David Brannis has looked throughout his entire career. He's really in that perfect area of yeah. not super awkward skinny, but not really jacked buff up yeah. like he gets during. He's Angel. sort of like David Tennant, right? Well, David Tennant's actually he's very, a lot very thin. Tennant, he's a very though. thin man. Yeah, yeah. 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 David so Boreanaz looks like the kind of guy who could get into a fight with three armored vampires and come out of the other side only like a little beat up. Mm -hmm. Oh, so like a uh, nine in terms of which doctor he resembles the most. Actually, a lot like Nine. He's got like a big like leather coat. Yeah. 
I can see it, and he's bald. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. I guess <laughs> it's just sort of the, he has a lot more forehead and a lot more hair flip. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. If we just gave his head was a little wig, he could play Angel. The grimace is totally different, too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Eggleston's just like, oh, I'm sad all the time. Angel's more like, oh, I'm sad all the time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's different. I know that sounded the same, but the face I made when I said those things was, was different. Yeah. So this episode, while we're getting a lot of information about Angel, which we don't really need to cover because, you know, it's in the episode, uh, it's really about learning uh, information about someone you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely the relationship here where Buffy knows that she's sort of seeing an older man. Uh, Angels yeah, mentions yeah. it. Giles mentions it. Xander won't shut up about it. Seriously, Xander. Yeah, he uh, he is uh, he is a, a broken record in this episode uh, about that. But it, it it's definitely there. And then towards the end, when she's learning about like their whole history with Darla, and Darla is sort of like his ex, and that's a really but also his maker. Oh, right. That sort of like adds like another paranormal element to it. I don't know, really know how that translates into real life, where it's like, oh god, my boyfriend's ex girlfriend also made him into a man. Like, I think I what, I, I'd say what the parallel oh, wait, is. Is that it? Uh, it could be that. Is but it I think a it's... V card? Do you guys get it? I a got what v you mean. Card. It could be a V card thing, but I think it's also like you were part of almost a gang. Like, say it was like he was in a gang and this was the girl that he did all that with. He was riding around on motorcycles and doing bad things and mm. causing trouble and obviously having this, like, high-octane, dark past That together. makes sense. Yeah, or like a first you, marriage. I think maybe you misunderstood, mm. though, because the V stood for vampire. Oh, <laughs> I thought it stood for virility. Oh, yeah. well, I take mine back. Let's go with yours. Okay, cool. <laughs> Wait, what does virility mean? Uh, it's like you're, uh, like, you're like, got a lot of life. Oh, good, 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 good. Which actually for Angel's not true. No, no, mm. not at all. Now, do the three all it's look really, like? Oh, virility. let's yeah, let's virility, quickly. Virility is definitely linked to I thought. Virility um, your ability is to have children. Tied. Vitality is life. Virility is definitely tied to I, your penis. Reproduction. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, yeah. for me, both of those are uh, life-giving, yeah, oh, having yeah. and holding. But yeah, you're right in terms of the specific yeah. uh, synonyms. Yep. So I take it back. I feel like this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about let's, the three really quickly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Be correct in this spot. Yeah. I don't want to be wrong. We're in charge of a study group here, guys. Mm. And if I'm just leading, you guys aren't blind. And if I'm blinding, it's it's the people who can see being led by the blind, which is not how the saying goes. So I take it all back. Speaking of the blind, the three, the three, the they three. have like the eyes xed out, right? They were blind, and yep. they also look like the Winter Soldier. They <laughs> did. Oh, not enough eyeliner, but I guess they couldn't really tell I'm to put you that three on until no, the end yeah. of the line. It's a, it's a soft topic with the three, as they are eyeless. <laughs> it's true. They do not put on eyeliner. They, they don't want to draw attention. To them. Right? No, it would yeah. be messy. They'd have to have someone do it for them, probably mm. Darla. Mm. Honestly, I'm really disappointed that they were only. Like this tiny blip on the radar. They're so strong and they're so, so strong good. and they're so cool. They could have been a great recurring kind of henchman for the master. Here's why bad guys always lose. They kill their HR departments are the worst. Terrible. They always they're just like you failed me and they kill them. It's like what if you made a lesson plan out of this? What if we sat down and we're like, what did we do wrong? Let's reflect. How can we do it better? Exactly. Instead, staked in the back of the head. Yeah. Didn't even have a Yikes. And that was so, that was tough. They, like, Darla they, just, they just, like, couldn't takes him from behind. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does it, is it the master has so many 
minions at his disposal that he thinks he can just do away with the three. He thinks he's got a ton of minions. I By the end of the has... episode, he's got none. Except he loses Darla. Kid. He kills the three, and yeah, and he walks off holding hands with this tiny child. Little that's Colin. Yeah. Problems, as we can clearly Certainly. see mm-hmm. after Darla dies. He, he just, just he had too many shit. eggs in a basket with Darla because I think he thought Darla would would get Angel to come back. He's and lost then they Luke. Could have done that. Lost right, Luke. he's lost Luke. Mm-hmm. How many other people has he lost? He lost the pork and beans guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> lost pork and beans. He lost the three. He lost Darla, and he lost what was it? Uh, the guy who he references in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Jeffrey or something. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> there's some random I forget, vampire. Yeah, I that name. They're all getting picked off by the Slayer. My understanding is. By the end of this episode, the master is completely alone and only has the anointed one. I believe so. Yep. Which, yeah. as I just aka the annoying one. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's good. Blah, blah, blah. That's a spoiler alert. This is this is where I put in that like radio show air horn effect <laughs> <laughs> that I can't do. <laughs> what is the one from Parks and Rec where he's like the douche? Like, it's the like, douche. Like, no yeah, like, <laughs> just like air horn, air yeah. horn, air horn. <laughs> Um, nice. Yeah, so that's the ma- the master is just burning through people, and and so that's like, that's kind of all the plot stuff that's really going in the episode. It's a pretty simple episode in yeah. terms of plot. Just we want to kill Buffy, mm-hmm. and the master screws wants to up. kill Buffy, and and it's something really screws so up. So simple, and it's kind of like a throwback to like the first few episodes we got in Buffy, but. It's there's so many feelings in this episode so because many everyone's emotionally and attached. So much mm-hmm. mythology, like this. Oh is, yeah. We get a lot of like the seminal vampire lore in there. Uh, vampires need can't to need know. to be invited in, right? That's vampires one. Vampires gotta get invited in. They they don't like sunlight. That's that's, that's a huge a part given. of this episode, that's right? A, that's pretty much a given. And thank the Lord, uh, or you know, thank Aurelius or whoever you want to thank in this universe, <laughs> that when Buffy and Angel are running into her house, that she invites him in right as they're running in. She yeah. says, "Get in," because if not, then he would have boom, would have stopped at the door right there. Mm-hmm. In which case, I think if that did happen, he just would have fought the three and had to explain himself. That would have been pretty cool to watch, but no. How heartbreaking is it when Joyce invites Darla in? First of all, when when they move and and you see Darla's face behind the 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 window, like when Joyce moves, I I thought Joyce was done. So scared. The first time I watched this episode again at like seven years old, I was pretty sure Joyce was dead. Like. And did you guys think that like Joyce would get attacked? Like anyone that close to Buffy would get attacked so like quickly in the show? No, like, that's it usually seems something that like most really shows would like yeah. stay away from for a while. Mm-hmm. And in the context too, if it not being you know one of the other Scoobies who's already sort of put themselves in the line with her, like somebody invading her home and going after her mom in that yeah. like, place of refuge. Yeah. Well, especially it's the Chekhov's gun of the whole episode. Yeah. Is the you yeah. gotta invite me in thing? And, and then, especially since no. they like just kill like Flutie in the episode pri- mm-hmm. prior you're like oh okay so they do kill reoccurring characters so what does this mean right for- no one's safe exactly yeah. exactly you know she was just trying to work out the stuff with the IRS like Joyce was oh yeah because uh, also do your taxes, folks. Mm-hmm. we only brought this up in the first episode but we're for season one we're very lucky we get to these episodes are released on the original air dates yeah the, it was Tuesday what? nights so this time if you went back in time you would watch the episode when it was first on TV so nice. do your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> now, do your taxes, Joyce, kids. decaf coffee or regular. non-decaf? Regular? I think, it does n- I think decaf does nothing to her body. It does nothing? Yeah. I think okay. Joyce and I are sisters in that. Where If well, I drink decaf, decaf coffee, it's nothing. Do... It's like you're just drinking kind of like bitter decaf water. Decaf isn't supposed to do anything. 
Oh, so right. it's, it's caffeine it's, in it. But I thought it's just night. decaf. I thought it was no, like slightly. It will because no, I, I, there's just no caffeine people, in it. Yeah, it's like as it's, it's decaf. It's as no caffeine as possible. Yeah. So basically, like if you can't have caffeine, like if you have a heart condition, so you, there's like uh-huh. sodas mm-hmm. without caffeine, and then there's coffee without caffeine. So it's yeah. like it's so you can drink. Why are you it drinking you it then? Because you're crazy. Well, I mean, like say like you drank coffee your entire life, and then you had like a heart attack, and they're like, no more caffeine for you. This is it's how like, you so go you slowly cold it. turkey. Well, I guess there's yeah. no such thing as slowly cold turkey. I mean, it's <laughs> like if you like the taste of coffee, like I like the taste of coffee. So like I don't drink decaf because like I would rather have caffeine. But like if I suddenly couldn't have caffeine, I'd probably switch to decaf coffee just so I could still have coffee. Here's, I would just sob openly. Here's the question <laughs> though: Was it Nescafe Gold Blend coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Did Darla come in for the too coffee? <laughs> She's like, soon. Come, I, in. come in, Buffy. Chris spend. and I had talked about this a lot, but we really want to do a shot for shot remake of that entire series of commercials. Oh. And so if Please we get some time do. in between season one and season two, that mm-hmm. might happen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Joyce is like in a position where she gets hurt. Uh, Joyce, I think, is being very. T- is either being very strong or is just like not kind of considering what they're just like. The doctor thinks that I slipped and fell on a barbecue fork, right? Is that, that's what she said. Yeah, yeah. we don't, we don't own a barbecue, barbecue fork. fork. But like, even if you did, or a fondue fork, that is why not so a scary. Fork? And why not a fondue fork? They're that makes small more sense. barbecue fork. It it's oh, the looks the same one. thing, but the big one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for big meat versus small cheese. If you're doing like a cheese. giant fondue, yeah. sure. Yeah. But like, why <laughs> mega fondue? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That was like that a tarantula really sound that you get in like a 1950s film. Uh, <laughs> that is really something. Um, I would say, and I, I don't know if we mentioned it exactly. Obviously, everybody knows it, but we were talking about how it's like so much vampire myth in this episode. Angel has a soul. He's the only vampire who has a soul. Yes. He was a murderous killer. But we don't killer. get that in this episode. Yeah, we do. Oh, no, we do. We they, do? they say it, In yeah. the bronze, he says that he was ensouled after killing the gypsy girl. He talks about oh, how, like, yeah. Oh, man. I think I was just so obsessed with where the hell Darla got those guns that I missed that. And also, it's, it's Romani, right? Like, I, I think gypsy is not a kosher term. By what he does says he it. say? He says it, but I'm not saying it's a good thing. Is that no, a, no. We're, we're it's not, a slur. We can't uh, I believe yeah, it is. It's like yeah. a slur for Hungarians, Romanians, that whole... I think Romani is for the traveling actual... People, also, also Hungarian, just because I am, and that's a thing. Okay. Like that vicinity. It's like that group of... Hmm. Yes. Yep. Well, this is new to me. <laughs> but we get so here's the thing. <laughs> Are we not saying Oriental anymore? Is that bad? Okay. <laughs> here's, you know? here's African thing. American black. What are we? What are we? As a white girl, <laughs> I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> Just As a white back. man, I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if 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 you're watching the show for the first time, this is totally a, a, a great window into the rest of the show where. The team has thought out these characters way in advance. Like, oh, there's so much backstory yeah. that we have about these characters, including Buffy. Even though it seems like a lot of it is upfront, like there's mm-hmm. still things that have yet to be revealed about. But there, her. there's so much great stuff about Buffy in this one too, because I feel like you really get to see so much of that beautifully awkward Buffy that that she right. tries to mask herself, but she just can't function. Around. I love that line where it's like water over the bridge. Yeah. Because I also want to go to that bridge where it's dry underneath <laughs> yeah. and the water's flowing on top. Like that is a, yes. that is a, a great refreshing bridge. bridge for a summer day. Yeah, but she, can't, <laughs> she just can't function around Angel and it's so great to see like yeah. a purely teenage you know, 
side of her and trying to lie to her mom about why he's like in their kitchen and she just cannot get anything right mm-hmm. and she's uh, blah, blah. she's so angsty and beautifully teenage in this episode in a way that that i really like seeing maintained of, yeah i know it's early of, in the series yet but it gets so dour yeah it's so sad after a while and it's just i love awkward teen buffy a little yeah these are these are definitely what do they say in goodfellas these are the something days Anyway, if you know, <laughs> tweet it out. I these totally the forgot. These were good fella days. These were, these were the, I don't forget. Yeah, these were the oh, good like days. Like yeah, 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 yeah. These were the jello days. I forget what it was. But I, wanted, I think it was like that. One of my favorite movies. It was the jello days? Know. The jello. <laughs> Sorry. We just, can't, <laughs> we just can't get away from it. Every if, episode. <laughs> Every episode he comes out. Um, but yeah, like I love Bubby's cut, line. By the way, vo- we edit these episodes a lot to yeah. make sure that they're not really offensive. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff that gets cut because it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh, this is the most I've, I realize this is the most I've ever felt like my grandma being like, "What? You can't say gypsy anymore?" Jeez. Um, no, Never sorry. A I mean, it's all over here. Hunchback in Notre Dame. Um, so the um, talking about a sad, sad movie. Oh, oh, Buffy's lying voice is the cutest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just her defensive lying voice. It's every you should go teen girl you should go lying right voice. to bed because you're probably tired. <laughs> yeah. That that was that is every teen girl's lying to their mom voice. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that was such a such a moment. I I felt so like myself in that i was like oh i still can't lie to my mom i'm 25 and i still go to the hey mom you should just really ah (laughs) i lie to my mom a lot where she's like how's your money situation i'm like good (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't think we were gonna get that real omar but i feel you I lie to my mom, my mom too. She's like, "How's Omar's money situation?" And I'm like, "Good." <laughs> it's she great. calls me up. Chris is lying again. I just cry. <laughs> uh, speaking of horrible things, Angel's tattoo. Oh, so what is up with that tattoo? Where did that come it's from? It's a griffin from the Book of Kells with an A. And I know it's from the Book of Kells because that... I may have immediately Googled Angel's tattoo. shitty tattoo, or just by chance Book of Kells, and you're like, "Oh, oh yes, yeah. first well, try, got it right." The thing is, too, is like. And the the I think it's is it Saint Michael or Saint, there's a saint that is represented by the Griffin who like when you read I read up on I've spent way too much on Wikipedia today, but like there was this whole potential mythology and like the line of God and other God stuff that you could have tied in with like decision making and angel and his soul and like why is it carrying the A well because you get blah, blah 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 and I feel like it was it. I I blanked out at that point and was just sort of going bibbledy while trying to read it. So I honestly so don't have to an it because the episode doesn't go into his tattoo. No, they don't mention it. it. She just mentions that he has a tattoo. I googled it, but I I got a page that was dedicated to it. It was strange. It was one of those corners of the internet. I, Did it say when he got it? No, there's no. It sounds like it would have been a while because it. it's in Giles's book. Also, a great tattoo artist because vampires heal. Yeah, you know he got stabbed Maybe and shot in this episode, and yet this guy was able to still like you so, know. So do you think if a vampire gave a vampire a tattoo, it could work if they did in some special way? I mean, it doesn't matter what? if it healed; it would just heal quicker. Like the ink is what. Oh, I guess yeah. that, yeah. So you just have to like, be really fast. Heal, they just take a while to heal. You oh, maybe it actually doesn't even influence so, anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, don't go in the uh, jacuzzi. You know what? Actually, you can go in the jacuzzi. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, man, can you <laughs> put lotion on and what? Just getting the Actually, you know what? You don't need lotion. Uh, I'm going to come in in uh, defense of the tattoo. Um, <laughs> my good friend Max, who is one of my main growing up Please watching Buffy friends. Tattoo. Please tell me he has the same tattoo. Please tell me he has the same he tattoo. He has the same tattoo. <laughs> on his back? He got yes. it on his tattoo in the exact same spot as Angel. He doesn't have the A, because his name is Max. Did he, he has an M? M. No, he, oh. doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't. He just doesn't have it. 
Um, and he was a lifeguard, and Max is a pretty attractive gentleman, and the tattoo went over very well when he was a lifeguard. Uh, and so, you know what? I've seen some weird tattoos in my time. I'm standing by Angel's tattoo. I'm All pro. right. I'm pro. It's still three against one, so I'm sorry, but you lose. <laughs> Unless, hey, Sunnydale Study Group, this could be at one of our first polls on our Facebook. When we release this episode, are you pro Angel's tattoo? Are you against it? Oh, no in-betweeners. Civil no war. No in-betweeners. <laughs> Civil war. Yes. You gotta, <laughs> this is, is the, the North dress blue? <laughs> this is the war of northern aggression. <laughs> I might have just watched the inbreeding episode of X Files recently. Whoa, the oh, one that's banned from TV. Oh, oh this is a different I'm actually, conversation. I'm actually yeah. going to watch that because I'm I am writing an article. I guess I can say that because the article will be up by the time. This it's so cool to podcast from the future. Go check out that Flying um, Cars X Files episode I wrote for Geek and Sundry. X Files. Um, more let's talk really stuff. quickly. So I, that's all I care about, other than Buffy. I'm sorry, I know this is a Buffy podcast, but Kumail Nanjiani, if you listen to this, please put me on the X Files files. <laughs> And also, Camille, could I play out. your younger brother on Silicon Valley? <laughs> if you hear this, we should just make a podcast dedicated to Camille, where we just like tell Camille things that we want. We totally to should. Like, yeah, we're gonna do a special where it's just dear Camille, dear Camille, dear Camille and Emily. Um, oh, so they're so nice, though. All right, I'm they done. are the nicest. Let's talk about in terms of people who have souls, like Camille and Emily. Let's talk about the fact that Angel has a soul because so far in this season, our understanding is those who have souls are good and those who don't are bad this is the sort gray of, area right mm -hmm. because then but we the, also get like a bunch yeah. of demons and monsters which are not quite kind of quite sure and so that by the time we get to the reveal the angel does have a soul it changes it but not mm -hmm. really enough right like this isn't a tv show where it's just like oh yeah you have a soul then you're just automatically good buffy still has to sort of make a decision oh certainly it's that gray area that stays that that is such that is angel's whole character is there is such a core piece of their relationship going forward and his sort of presence both on this show and on angel of we he has a soul what does that mean he's still a vampire can a vampire be a good person exactly and giles says no you know it doesn't right. matter how nice giles he's been. research right giles is yeah. not giles is not as much an experience based or sort of mm -hmm. a if it's not uh, in a book he don't believe it right. <laughs> right he's sort of like this agreed like he he is a, the voice for the watchers council mm -hmm. Uh, and they have this these understandings of like how vampires work. Buffy, and the reason I think we follow Buffy versus like really any other Slayer is because she's sort of jumping into this world with like a, a little bit of a knowledge, a little bit of a background from the Henry High days. But really, she's discovering this territory where it's everybody else feels like it's done, feels like yeah. they've they've thought about it, it's been written about. We know how we feel about these issues, and Buffy is the first one to be like, maybe not. Like Vampires maybe we have it a little equal wrong. Unhappy face, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think, to me also, I wonder if this episode reveals kind of the weakness of the Watcher's Council. Because it's like, Giles doesn't know. I know that Giles has a lot to keep track of. But he Books, doesn't know who Angelus is. Angelus is and all those the weapons on that cage evilest... that nobody seems to question in the middle of the school library. <laughs> well, nobody goes. In the, nobody's in here. Like, we're in here right now. <laughs> we're right now, in. but we can't get in the cage. It's locked. Yeah, it's like Giles... Angelus is supposed to have been the most vicious vampire in history. You don't think that they do, like, I know who Attila the Hun is. I know who Genghis Khan is. It's like, you know who Adolf Hitler is. You don't think Giles knows who Angelus is? Angelus was, like, the master's, like, favorite bad guy. Like, the master's like, oh, I miss Angelus. And yet, somehow, Giles is 
you know, was it a thing where it's like he didn't make the connection between Angel and Jealous? It could have been. He could have been like, uh, no, but it seems like when he's reading the book, he's like, oh, for the first time. Yeah. You yeah. would think that. I think, the I think he makes the connection there. Their game. Yeah. I think that they're kind of like sort of coming about it. And well, that's probably why Buffy's the hero of the show is because she's taking things case by case, matter by matter. Mm-hmm. As we've seen in previous episodes, too, she while she jumps to her own conclusions, she kind of backtracks a little bit to see if she can figure out like someone else's perspective, see through their eyes. Oh, totally. And it, exactly. It is Except that. that... I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He, he who shall be always <laughs> named and ridiculed. Owen. He, it really is that sort of that, that growing up story and that moment of, of learning about gray areas and gray areas yeah, in maybe, all aspects of maybe life. Maybe and... dad, even though Giles isn't, you know, the dad, but maybe parental figure, uh, doesn't know best. Exactly. And and I mean we see that in this one. Joyce opens the door for Darla. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, Angel has a soul, but he's still a vampire. What? You know, Giles yep. doesn't know everything. And Giles has to make that connection too. We really get the that that gray area that Buffy has to occupy and sort of navigate, which is I think what makes so much of this show so enduring. I too, completely agree. Like, and that's why there's so much that's why we can go back and watch mm-hmm. it. It's not just like a thing where it's like I mean not to compare it to like other shows per se but like uh like i got really into supernatural mm-hmm. and i love supernatural there's no gray area in supernatural right supernatural they're just like well, later on there's like the whole like holy war stuff that's going on yeah. but like in the beginning of supernatural they're just like the lady who like is in white and is a ghost and is terrorizing a town is probably the bad guy whereas in buffy you really do have to be sort of a little bit more active about it mm-hmm. you it's, it's more about your call and as a slayer who has so much power like she can physically you know she could stake Angel, but oh, she yeah. doesn't shoot him with the arrow because she still wants to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and that leads up to, I think, what is the most emotional moment for me. And I'm not even sure. I just, first of all, I love Darla as a character. Yeah. Oh, Darla. Because she- I think she's she is like the perfect Joss Whedon villain for this. Like, you know, like the master I know is in it, the anointed one or the annoying one, however we play him. Oh, it's the worst. annoying one. Is he's also in it, but you really watch all the master scenes for Darla because she just knows exactly what show this is. She knows exactly how to play it. And there's something so real and vulnerable and there's so pained about it. She feels so betrayed knowing that Angel's falling in love with Buffy. Mm-hmm. And then that last moment where you don't even see Angel's face, it's just this perfect silhouette and she has been staked and he, she made him and then he destroys her. Yeah. She's like, Angel. And it's like, oh, you love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She gets that death row. And if you get that death row when you're a staked vampire on the show, mm, you are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they mm-hmm. were together for, like, generations. Like, not even just, like, a few years. Like, hundreds of years. Two like, lifetimes. Yeah. That's so, a- like, it's a really long time. And also, like, the whole reason she kind of, like, hints at, she's like, oh, well, I dress like a schoolgirl now because you're into high school girls. Ha ha. Ha ha. Love me. So it's, like, it's really <laughs> sad. When you think about it in terms yeah. of like, it's kind of sad. It means that and like, it's not like a doughy eye thing where it's just like you, you know, it's just like I will, I always want you. It's not like a clingy thing. Oh, it's, no. it's like a she. The way they paint it, and the way they write it is we belong together. Yeah. And then Angel doesn't say no. He just has to eliminate her. Exactly, because it, it is that. It is the I made you. I was there when you were the scourge of Europe and the worst you've ever been. And I still wanted to be there with you after you were, you know, ensouled and this strange little, like, version of yourself. She doesn't care. Darla just wants to be with Angel and, like, mm-hmm. wants, obviously wants to go back to the Angelus status. But D- Angel it, it is what she wants and what she wants to be with in this whole world of, of this new figure who looks just like her. Let's talk about that oh. really quickly. 
You, Buffy, you and I were talking a little bit earlier yeah, today about this. I, we were we were brunching, and and it just struck <laughs> the way me. you said that was we were brunching after our episode of This American Life. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ira Glass. <laughs> no, it struck me that that Vampire. I was watching it, and and here's Darla who rolls up, blonde, blue eyes, mm-hmm. all American looking girl. Her name is. Darla, for goodness sake. I mean, and that might be an as- assumed name, but that's just down-home America. Yeah, and she and is American. She goes back to the uh, Revolutionary the Re- War, or War- she refers to it, the, the War, War of Independence. Independence. And and here's Buffy, who is blonde hair, blue-eyed, attractive, all-American girl, and Angel is in the middle of these two figures, this, you know, ancient love, really, I'm going to put it that way, and then this newfangled attraction that he doesn't totally understand either. He even like says it when they're in her room and about to kiss, that he's not sure why he is so attracted to her, but he is, and he just can't stop thinking about her. It's all the potential that Darla could have been if Darla hadn't been kind of like a crazy psycho. If Darla hadn't been wanting to murder everybody constantly and just go off the rails all the time. Like that's the potential weird, strange family dynamic that could have happened is the two of them settling down and being people mm-hmm. rather than vampires. Right, because mm-hmm. Buffy is sort of, and it's not like a good or bad thing per se, even though we can kind of all sort mm-hmm. of agree that Darla is like more on the evil side yeah. of the spectrum. But it's like Angel is now at this crossroads where he is a vampire and he's been given a soul, which means that he gets to choose. I think that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And that he can choose to use his power for good, like to help people or to hurt people. And he's, it looks like he's been using his power to help people. Mm-hmm. And Darla and Buffy definitely like are a crossroads for him where he's got to figure out where he's going. And Darla showed him like, Darla was the worst of him, but oh, it yeah. was still like at his most. And Buffy has the potential for his most, but it's not certain. No. And there's an interesting, I feel like that's the attraction between them. Like, I think that he's yeah. so attracted to Buffy because they're both so powerful. It's the, it's the attraction between two champions. Yeah. You know? Yep. And he has that with Darla, too. Mm-hmm. And Darla guarantees something familiar to him. Exactly. It's like, Darla, it, it, with Buffy, it's like, you don't know where this is going to lead or if she'll accept you. Darla would Absolutely welcome you back into her home, into her into the bed. Bold. Yeah. Into the, you'd have a family and you'd have a lover and you can do something that you've spent centuries becoming good at. And, it's and like, there's that that self-regulatory fear too. It's falling back into those old ways with Darla, mm-hmm. that comfortable, I'm good at this and I know how it's to be totally in this world. It's totally an situation. It's such or, an ex situation. But the thing with Buffy too is she used that, that new potential, but also that attraction to the champions. She's still the slayer. Yeah. He's a vampire with a soul, and she's the slayer. It is the the thing that shouldn't be and can never be. But at the same time, it's almost a tempering, I think, of that fear for Angel. Of if he does go off the rails, if he goes Angelus again, she can kill him. She's the only one who could stop that side of him that Darla wants to let back out. Ooh, do you think that? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, the the, the image of the cross at the end burned into, into his flesh is so. That's uh, it's just such a great image. It's just such yeah. a, a so powerful, sisly. like, there's almost like a yin and yang between them, between Buffy mm-hmm. and Angel. Uh, and she is dressed in all white there, and he's in a black suit. Oh, my God. And they have one dot of each. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's, it's like they, yeah, like, there is something else that, like, Buffy can stop Angel. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's why the relationship between um, Batman and Superman is so effective and why they have trouble having other partners. I know. It's like, that's when Superman wants to move on. Batman's like, come on. Why can't I quit you, Bruce? <laughs> this week on Omar's Tumblr, 
Batman Superman Brokeback Mountain AU. Holding hands and one of them has a Kryptonian <laughs> ring. <laughs> I watched Brokeback Mountain with my father because no one else would watch it with me. Actually, I think it was, yeah, it was me and my friend and my dad, actually. How was that? Um, Not as awkward as you would think. Like, I've watched a lot of awkward movies with my dad, actually. Um, It's mostly awkward. Like, nothing has ever been more awkward for me than watching, like, Robin Williams stand up with my grandparents. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he goes for it. That was probably the most awkward, like, watching something with someone else experience. But, like, nothing tops that. This is why I just stayed in my room through most of my adolescence. I tried to bond. My family and I, we, like, bonded over television because we're like, we all like this. Mm. We, uh, yeah. I think the most uncomfortable I've ever been uh, watching something with my parents was when we were watching Shakespeare in Love. I've never seen that, actually. (laughs) We should not watch it together. I I love Shakespeare in Love. (laughs) It's great. Mine was watching the South Park movie next to my dad because my dad's sense of humor is very... Classic, grew up in the like 50s, like has a very, he does not like that kind of humor at all. Was not sure what he was bringing me and my, he thought he was like, oh, taking my son to a cartoon. It's, it's a cartoon. Roadrunner's going to be in it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was very inappropriate and it was awesome. <laughs> I watched Jersey Girl with my dad and he loved it. Like the minute the movie ended, my dad turned to me and he was like, "That was a good movie." My favorite part is the part where J Lo dies. <laughs> oh, shots <laughs> fired! <laughs> oh. I haven't seen it. I Isn't that like about the first that. five minutes of the movie, right? Cause yeah, it's, like, it's the right in the beginning. About her daughter. Yep. I don't think there's anything you can spoil about Jersey Girl. It's pretty much all on the cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's bad. Oh. George Carlin's in it. What? I like it. Oh, I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's great. Oh, George. <laughs> yeah. Is George the, Carlin uh, really in that movie? Yeah, George Carlin is uh, Ben Affleck's dad in the movie. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch that. Oh, yeah. I have it on DVD. Well, like, I've got two copies if you want to borrow one. coming out soon that I'm intrigued oh, really? to read. Oh. Yeah. I feel like George Carlin, unfortunately, was one of those people that I didn't really find out a lot about until after he died. Because yeah. like, I knew of him. Like it's I knew he was in Bill and years, Ted. And, like, I knew he was in stuff. But I hadn't really watched his stand-up. And they marathoned it. Um, right after he died, and I just literally just like it was like a whole weekend just like watching all of the George Carlin I could, all and I went back, and then I went the back time. and watched all the early SNL, and I was like, why didn't I know who this person was? And I was just like, really yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, sorry. I'm just gonna be hung up on thinking of awkward movie or TV watching experiences with my parents now. Yeah, yep. I can't come up with one. Probably because I stayed in my room a lot. <laughs> For whatever <laughs> reason, even as dark as every Tarantino movie goes. It was never awkward watching this. Oh, I think it's because you no. understand what yeah. you're getting into right yeah. from the get. Yeah. We all know that we're gonna see some uncomfortable. Like Reservoir Dog starts, and they're just like, like a virgin. You're just like, oh, is this movie? Got yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying that flippantly for the theme, not because the movie, because I love that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like saw Kill Bill in theaters with my mom, and I definitely gave like a <clears throat> chuckle at the pussy wagon, and she gave the <clears throat> same chuckle. So it's not. Mm-hmm. We're at that kind of level. There's g- oh man, this is gonna bug me for a while. Next time I'm back, I'll have to share that story. Like guys, I did some there. personal research. <laughs> Here's the list. I guys, the, I went back movie, and read my Zanga. I watched the movie Babe with my parents, Ooh, and uh, my yikes. parents, my mom. I remember this, and my mom turned to me and she uh, she put her hand on my shoulder and she looked at me in the eyes and said, "You're right. I think Herbert's out there somewhere." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hashtag Herbert lives. <laughs> Herbert, Herbert lives. lives. Hashtag appease Omar. Look it up. The Herbert Twitter's out there. We did it. <laughs> Herbert lives, we have to remember baby. to actually do that. Yeah. Podcasting <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, from the future. Also, so, we got to do our taxes. So, uh, Cordy, I'm going to talk on Cordy quick. Not oh, only in Cordy. this episode. She's no. in. She's out. She's wearing a dress that's the same as another girl. And, man, I want to see a 
if the animated series, when the animated series comes back, and, or if the comics explore this, I just want to see Cordy's day having that same dress as that girl, because I am sure that it was hey, the stuff to, of legends. Props to that artist uh, who designed that dress. The knockoff, it looks exactly like the actual one. <laughs> yeah. 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 When she checks the tag, Skills. she's like, it's a knockoff. Well, you know what? I'm going to buy the knockoff. It's probably cheaper. That great. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's flawless. It it's like well. when someone like paints Van Gogh exactly like Van Gogh, and everyone's like, "You're an imitation artist." You know what? I didn't hear the first word you said. That person's an artist. That's a beautiful painting. Yeah, exactly. That that's how I feel about the dress. Yeah. And that's our bell, which means we are almost out of time. But before we go, we're going to do an extracurricular activity. What that means is we are going to make something up on the spot. It could be a commercial. It could be a rap. It could be a song. It could be a news report. Anything that Holland Farkas chooses. So, Holland, go ahead and uh, dive into this giant cauldron of <laughs> extracurricular activities we have in front of us. I believe uh, it was left over from Kate the Great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for this week's episode, um, I have an idea to play a little dating game so we can do a uh, let's make a date type situation. Um, so you guys will be bachelors, bachelorettes. It's bachelor is non-gender Non-gender specific. It is. Single like humanoids. <laughs> we can be general Dateable humanoids. Dateable yeah. humanoids. Or that. Can we call it, can that be the name of this game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to humanoids. Dateable Humanoids. <laughs> I am your humanoid hoist, humanoid. So we will do Dateable Humanoids uh, with humanoids one, two, and three. Um, and I will, I'm going to be the host. Welcome to Dateable Humanoids, the show where humanoids date each other based off of questions. Now please put your hands together in succession for Humanoid Dateable. Hi, uh, my name is Holland. I go to Sunnydale High. I am a senior. I'm in the Sunnydale band, bit of a bit of a band geek. I play the piccolo. Um, I enjoy taking walks around the campus. I don't go outside much um, because the sun hurts my skin. Um, I also enjoy hiding in gym class and not really participating. Um, I kind of tend to shove myself in a locker and just hang out there for the period. Um, and furthermore, um, I like to watch movies, you know, on, on my off time, just like your, your standard standard stuff. Um, just, you know, kind of awkward things to watch with your parents, you know, cause my parents always, uh, go to the movies with me cause they don't let me see movies alone. So, um, yeah. And hopefully that's, that's intriguing for you all. So I'd just like to know what, uh, what a standard date would be like with us humanoid number one. Um, hi, um, my name's Angel, uh, a standard date for us I thought would be, you know, maybe we could get into some danger in the middle of an alleyway, I could save you at the last minute. Maybe we could, you know, go back to your place and, you know, sit in shadows, possibly, you know, exchange little tiny sentences and maybe have a little sleepover. I could sleep on the floor, you know. It's, you should have the bed. It's your bed. It's, you know, it's your your situation. And uh, I don't know, maybe you'd bring me like a snack that I couldn't eat because I only drink blood. Uh, thank you, humanoid number one. That sounds fun, interesting. I've never dated someone that eats blood before, so you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, humanoid number two, uh, I'm pretty bad about doing my homework and you know, just having responsibilities in general because I'm a crazy teenager. 
how are you with uh with our responsibilities? Do you do you do your homework? Do you slack off a lot? Hi, my name is Joyce. Holland, uh I could definitely help you with your responsibilities as mm-hmm. a very, very responsible gallery curator myself. I uh, feel responsible to all the people of Sunnydale to make sure that they just have so much art in their lives. Also, as the mother of a teenage daughter, one of your classmates, actually, Buffy Summers. Hi, Buffy. Hope you're, hope you're doing your homework. Um, I can make sure you really uh, stay on top of it in school. Uh, make sure you don't invite any strange older men into our home. Uh, always be there to answer the door if any of your friends come over to help you study. And if need be, I can even help you with your taxes. Great at those. Never want to trouble with the IRS. It's it's just not worth your time. Thank you, humanoid number two. I could definitely use some structure in my life. My uh, my parents are very overprotective, um, so sometimes I wish I had new ones. Right. Anyway, humanoid number three, uh, I know this is just our first date, but I want to consider long-term plans. Uh, how do you feel about kids? Oh, hi. Well, speaking as the master, I have to say uh, I love kids, <laughs> not just to eat. <laughs> I have one of my own, in fact. Uh, he hangs around with me. He's uh, not my biological kid, per se, but uh, he wears a beautiful little maroon hoodie, and sometimes I just ruffle his, his head, and I just go, you are the future. You know, he's, <laughs> I call him the anointed one, and uh, <laughs> some people might say that he's sort of superfluous, and... Uh, <laughs> Kind of a little bit to get on your uh, your nerves there, but I'm happy to have them. <laughs> and I'd love more. I'd love more. I'm lonely. There's not really a whole lot of people around me at any given time. So yeah, bring bring them. Bring the kids. Bring them. Please bring kids to me. Ah, uh, thank you, humanoid number three. I'm glad that you are so open to all these possibilities. Um, so I guess I'm gonna pick my date as far as who would be the most interesting i mean humanoid number one seems to be a bad boy who eats blood humanoid Yo. number two is a more responsible uh, woman who gets her taxes done before tax day which is great because you can get arrested uh humanoid number three seems to love kids which seems to be a, a good thing for for uh you know just future um planning who knows i love the little nuggets um so i think i'm gonna have to go with humanoid number three because i really want to meet your kid he sounds really cute oh he's the best i also need extra money so i'd always be down to babysit that would be fantastic because if i'm going to be completely honest he is so annoying he just holds my hand and walks me around and I've lost a lot of people uh, close to me, so I'm in a very vulnerable spot. So thank you. I would, I would love that. Master, if you if you ever need advice, we can always talk. Great. I know how those kids can be. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you. Wow, that was <laughs> that was that was incredible. That was that was something interesting. That was beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Joyce. Oh, I'm so sorry. Our special guest, Becca Canote. <laughs> Where can they find your stuff? Oh, you can find me on the internet. Uh, basically, if you Google my name, Becca Canote, it's probably in some text around our voice place box. 
Mm-hmm. What? Uh, you can find me. Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Sort of on YouTube. It's been a while over there. But I pop up places. Becca Canote. Uh, yeah. How about you, Chris? Hi, I'm Chris Permonti. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube as Amantiak. You can find me with Robot Teammate at the Accidental Party, musical improv extravaganza. Or perhaps Adam Fantastic, animation people who make song videos about it. Thank you, Humanoid. Uh, and Holland, where can they find your stuff? Hi, I am Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. You can find me on Facebook at Holland Farkas. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash telltellheartxo. You can find my website. <laughs> Mixing it up right there. <laughs> Whoa, we got a little bit of inflection. I love telltellheartxo. <laughs> you can find my website at hollandfarkas.com or you can find me on Instagram at Farkland. And I'm Omar. You can always find me at youtube.com slash twobrokegeeks or on Twitter at number twobrokegeeks or on my personal at Omar Najam. And of course, you can always find more Sunnydale Study Group stuff at SSG Podcast on Twitter or at facebook.com slash Sunnydale Study Group. We got some questions for you guys over there. We want to know your thoughts on the episode and as well as some other stuff. So go ahead and check those out. We always love chatting. Thank you you again, Becca, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. And next week, we'll be talking about iRobot Eugene with our good friend Paul Mason, Paul the DIY guy. So we'll be discussing how to build your own boyfriend. (laughs) Hey guys, it's uh, Joyce here. If anyone wants to have a barbecue, let me know. It'll have to be at your place. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not have barbecue forks? No, I I, I don't. All right, until then, we'll see you next week, guys. So remember, pack your bags, pack your books. We'll see you next week. Yeah, how does that happen? You don't Whoopsies. I slipped, I opened the drawer, I went to the garage, I got the barbecue you thing, I went I back to my kitchen. I enough for it to be kind of bad, but not through my neck to the point that I'm dead. Like you would think would happen if I fainted on top of a barbecue You know what? I'm almost and then more interested friend in, ran away. <laughs> what I'm more interested in than CSI Sunnydale is just... Um, CSI Cyber. No, like Sunnydale ER. Just like <laughs> oh, people being rushed into the emergency so room and doctors just making up like, what do you think happened here? What uh, is it this wild time? dogs? Tiny sure. boat accident. <laughs> Two tiny boat accidents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, chum, chum. Tiny boats. <laughs> Steroids. Uh,